Welcome, everybody, to episode 164 of the Metabolist 2 podcast, which features David and Ben. And we're continuing on with season 14. And I think we'll wrap it up tonight with the brain of Morbius and the Ooh. seeds of doom. Two classics. Are they? I guess so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. People like them, don't they? I think so. So Morbius has had a pretty big impact now on <laughs> on the future of Doctor Who going forward post-series oh, yeah. series 12. It's, uh, yeah. It seems to be the linchpin that uh, Chibnall is hanging his showrunnership on. Yeah, but I mean, I think um, Moffat had a thing for Morbius as well with all the sisterhood trolling up. Yeah, because they showed up for the eighth Doctor into they did. Eccleston regeneration. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so everyone, I think, yeah, very Morbius. Huh. Which, which I find really funny in a way because Morbius is always one of my forgotten Doctor Who's. I've, I've never, really? never really latched onto it huh. very much. Yeah. Why not? Um, it's studio bound, so it probably attracted less of my attention. Uh, I think some of the editing in it is a little choppy, and mm -hmm. it never really made sense to me, the whole uh, sisterhood and why <laughs> this whole Frankenstein monster that this the world's or the universe's greatest surgeon. Right. Uh, Solon. Mahendi Solon. Solon. Yeah, Mahendi yep. Solon, uh, played by... Philip Maddock. Yes, in one of his greatest roles. Yes, it just it never it never really worked for me, and I, I never wow, understood really? why uh, Solon was such a hack, hack, uh, made such a hacky monster. I guess. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, no. I hang on, hang on. That's I'm I'm I can't let that stand. Okay. Um. I mean, I think it's I think it's 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 like Davros. Why did Davros make such a shitty monster in the Daleks? Mahendri Solon is a is a lunatic. Hmm. To expect him to construct a logical monster, right? Um, or a you know a Franken a Solon a Solonstein monster uh -huh. that makes sense implies that he is a man who is operating on a full stack of marbles um, mm. when he's not operating on a full stack of marbles. I always, I mean, I get the sense, um, I mean, this may be not overt. It may be more kind of implicit in um, the uh, Terence Dix doing the writing and then Robert Holmes doing the writing over, over, over the top of it. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, again, we're back with the Nazis. Hmm. And, you know, crappy, stupid, genetic, you know, and I, I guess that's the wrong way of putting it. But, you know, useless experiments hmm. that were done through kind of sadism, a mixture of sadism and incompetency, hmm. um, which I think is the hallmark of Nazi medicine. That's what Mahendri Solon is. Huh. Hmm. He's a Nazi doctor. He's an idiot. You think he's more Mengele than Frankenstein? Yes. Yeah, he's Dr. Mengele. He's not he's not he's not Victor Frankenstein. There's nothing noble about him. I mean, Victor Frankenstein, you know, there is a sense that he is, you know, the modern Prometheus. He's trying to trying to make life. Right. And he, you know, obviously like cocks it up um because <laughs> you know, otherwise otherwise wouldn't be a there story. wouldn't be right. there wouldn't be a story and you know, he starts from from the a wrong place. 
by sending by grave robbing. So obviously it's going to go wrong. Right. But he has a noble purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Solon is trying to, you know, we I stole Hitler's brain. You know, it's right. um, okay. Yeah, I see that it's, connection. It's, yeah. You know, it's 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 the boys from Brazil. Right. Is what it is. Right. It's like how can I recreate the Führer? from the bits of the Fuhrer that I have managed to we save. We have his after, brain in the jar. After the Fuhrer right. was, that was, yeah. So, it's, I mean, that's that. That's what I've always taken from it, mm-hmm. is that, you know. Okay. And I'm just, I'm, as I've said before, like Davros, you know, because Davros is a megalomaniac. Right. Um, and is unable to envisage of any superior being that is not exactly like himself, mm-hmm. um, therefore creates the Daleks, which are spectacularly poorly designed, if you think about it. They've got right. one eye, they've got one arm, which is a sucker, but then Davros only has one eye, and he has only one arm, and then mm-hmm. they have a weapon, right. um, and they can't climb stairs. <laughs> You know, why would you design a perfect killing machine that was effectively like you in a wheelchair unless you were obsessed with yourself? It's Mm -hmm. egotism. Mm. Well, that's the problem with retconning in Davros as the creator of the Daleks. When you go back to the original Dalek of 1963-64, it makes sense that these are, you know, war atomic uh, atomic war refugees and they are propelled in their travel cases by static electricity and right, right, right. Know, so it, it makes sense for the original design but then when you add in that they had a creator uh, a mad scientist creator then it starts going yeah these are a bit of a crap monster yeah yeah so anyway so i mean that's i mean that's always been my take on the brain of morbius and the morbius monster <laughs> and you know i mean he's he's trying to he's, he's doing his best under difficult circumstances he doesn't really have the body parts that he needs to create a man hmm. or a, you know a human shaped man or mm-hmm. a time lord time time lord shaped human man thing so you know he's gone a bit nuts and he starts okay i'm gonna try and improve and you know, it can have the the lungs of a bialis drop whatever it is and right. the claw of a blah 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 and etc 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 okay so there you go there you go. All right. That's how I explain it away. <laughs> and the Sisterhood of Karn. How does uh, that? That I think was what probably tripped me up is uh, how did all these women get on Karn? Do they are they don't crash in their spaceships? Or uh, I I don't understand. I don't understand how they exist. I, I guess. Well, they got something to do with the Time Lords, haven't they? I guess. Um, so I'm just I'm just explaining things now. I mean, I've got <laughs> well, no evidence for this. Well, but um, isn't I mean, that I, what any showrunner does? That's true. Um, <laughs> I always had them kind of slightly adjacent to the sisterhood from Dune. Uh, I can't the remember. Bene Gesserit. Bene, the Bene Gesserit. You know, yeah. this kind of like, you know, basically witches. Mm-hmm. They've got potions. They have a special dance. Um, they're all ladies. Yeah. They're basically witches. They're, they're Macbeth-style witches. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always like, you know, foretelling things and setting things on fire and <laughs> being creepy. Um, that's all they are. They're space witches. They're mm-hmm. witches from space. Now, I couldn't get any sense, and maybe I glazed over this, because in Terrence Dick's original, Solon was supposed to be a robot, and the robot was going through and scavenging, and it really didn't have any sense at all, and it was putting right. together... A, a case for a for its master, uh, right, 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 right. Morbius. It was a re- yeah, it was a reverse Frankenstein. So yeah, yeah. And I didn't get a sense at all if the Sisterhood of Karn was there in the original or not. I get get I I, I get the sense that it wasn't, and that the Sisterhood is entirely a Bob Holmes thing. 
Do you know? I don't know, I'm afraid. I have no idea. I mean, okay. you know, Bob Holmes had a slightly reductive view of women, I think. Um, so to have, you know... That's generous, but yes, okay. A, a, you know, a bunch of creepy creepy feminists hanging around, all kind of wrinkly, and, and, and also some of them are young, and they're all witches. That seems very Holmesian to me, but that also seems kind of Dickian as well. So I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know who... Don't know who, who who came out with the witches. I mean, there needs to be. I mean, the doctor and Sarah, you know, they can't just fall in with the villagers. If this was literally Frankenstein, right. you know, who's who are they going to kind of, you know? And it's actually it's nice. I I like having two crazy people. You know, there's 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 Solon, and it's and it's actually it's kind of funny. Three crazy I mean, people because you have Solon, you have. Uh... Uh, Morbius, and you also have uh, Marin, who's kind of off her rocker too. Oh well, yeah, no, I mean, so I so think so. There's two, there's two blocks. So there's the Solon Morbius block, mm-hmm. and then there's there's the Sisterhood of Khan, mm-hmm. and they're both nuts, mm-hmm. and they're both driving each other crazy. There's like a kind of a comedy to this whole thing. Is that they? I mean, again, a bit like maybe a bit like Genesis of the Daleks. The two opposing sides live like five minutes from each other um it's when true, actually what they what they should do is just move to opposite ends of the planet right. um and then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be any trouble anymore but you know you get this idea that um in sort of a carry-on sort well and actually not carry-on in a kind of basil faulty kind of way hmm. the sisterhood of khan are always kind of turning up on solon's doorstep <laughs> you know demanding to borrow a cup of sugar or something and like just and all he wants to all he's trying to do is recreate hitler mm-hmm. and all these witches keep flapping around you know making a fuss poor man can't concentrate i wonder why he didn't take one of the sisters head for to complete morbius do you think it's uh, sexist that he needed a male head or well yeah i mean i think both bob holmes and terence dicks are kind of vaguely misogynist and i think that goes straight into solon and i don't think either of them would have thought oh yeah maybe he could just put him into the body of a woman mm-hmm. and I, I mean i don't think solon would have that idea even if solon <laughs> was real solon isn't isn't real right. so bob holmes and terence dicks didn't have that idea mm-hmm. either okay well, yeah. well good <laughs> That's that's that's. So, oh, no, I, I'm I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of the Brain of Morbius. The Brain of Morbius is awesome. So you have you probably have the Morbius monster action figure then too. That was I, an I, early round. That, that's a great action figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. my Morbius monster is a firm favorite. Um, mm-hmm. He stands up very well actually. Um, unlike some action figures that I could mention. Um, <laughs> uh, and you can his claw opens and closes, and right. his little brain is inside his brain case. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, there's, it's, it's a, it's a great story. There's like, you know, pure, I mean, there's like horror all the way through it. Right. You know, when the Morbius monster kind of rises up and it's got no head. Right. And then Sarah can't see anything. Mm-hmm. I've obviously talked about this before, but the scene where both Sarah and Morbius are blind and they're trying to kind of work out who each other are. Morbius can't see her and she can't see him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great scene, and you get well, what 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 pictures do they have in their heads of each other? Right, you know, um, it's it's fantastic. There's bits of humor in it too. I think the, oh yes, yeah, hilarious scene, all the way through. The scene where Solon is just obsessed about the head, and just save me the head, and he he can't even he can't even be subtle about it. It just always slips out that he's really only cares about the doctor's head. And yeah, the, <laughs> which is uh, you know. 
the mask is off on that story <laughs> for so long. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a perfect piece of comedy. Um, uh, it's and and you know, and Philip Maddock was a great comic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you just see him in Dad's yeah. Army or in the, or in the Goodies. Yep. Um, he's got great comic villain timing. Right. And he has this, uh, you know, this kind of Inspector Dreyfus, uh, you know, from the Pink Panther movies. Um, he has this kind of Inspector Dreyfus frustration all the way through, which is mm-hmm. just hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's been stuck on this planet for decades with a bunch of irritating witches and a st- stupid servant. Um, <laughs> Kondo. Kondo. I'm um, <laughs> trying to trying to rebuild a Hitler. And mm-hmm. it's it's basically sent sent him sent him mad because mm-hmm. it's very very difficult to do that oh and kondo is very thick too because he doesn't recognize his own arm on the morbius monster no that's true that's true <laughs> yeah well i mean a kondo i mean you know he's like an igor only just even more irritating mm-hmm. i mean he's not he's not even cunning like igor is right he's just a just a big stupid man well he does get his comeuppance by knocking morbius's brain on the yeah, floor exactly. though i know and this <laughs> slop the slapstick you know mm-hmm. brains get knocked on the floor you know man with two brain style yep you know it's very uh uh very kind of um you know league of gentlemen and actually yeah you know it's 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 kind of a comedy mm-hmm. it's horror comedy and it's horror comedy yeah it is watching these in order the season it's a pretty big departure from what's gone before now we've had you know forbidden planet horror earlier in uh, planet of evil but coming right off of nation's story android invasion and even tonally from the horror in pyramids of mars it's a big departure i think yeah no definitely and it's and it is it is very studio bound I and mean, we we've, we've had you know some great location filming and mm-hmm. this obviously there's no location at all and you know when they're leaping over the rocks um you know the rocks are obviously hollow made of wood yep. um which yep. always kind of spoils it a bit for me mm-hmm. but then you know i think if we if we then map it onto the the frankenstein the hammer not the you know not the universal studios Frankenstein movies, but the Hammer Frankenstein movies—they're all made in studios. You know, we're we we're used to this. You right. know, it's a creepy old castle. There's mm-hmm. like an unconvincing piece of moorland. Um, you know, there's someone else's house, and those are the sets that we have. Basically, there's the laboratory. Um, I would enjoy it if they were able to remove the hollow sounding rock sounds from the soundtrack. That would make me happy, but it's not really a problem. They probably could do that. Mark Ayers yeah, can work some magic. Mark Ayers, let's 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 uh, let's ask Mark <laughs> to do that on the next the next special edition. It's interesting that they had Michael Spice uh, soon next season to be uh, Magnus Grill, but he's also the voice of Morbius here. He must have uh, the commanding voice that they were looking for in casting with uh, Christopher Barry. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, that's that's a very good point. I I don't think I'd fully realized that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, hmm. Yeah, he's great. I mean, the Morbius voice is great, and obviously Magnus Greel is awesome. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good, man. Brain of Morbius. It's a brain. It's a brain in a jar. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 obviously funny. Right. It's a sci-fi trope. Yeah. It's and it's a ridiculous sci-fi trope. And Morbius's predicament is hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's a would-be galactic dictator. Um, you know, who is reduced to the status where he envy was he where he envies a vegetable, I think the phrase is. He was basically conned into going this route 
rather than just dying by Solon. Solon yeah. promised him the sky, and yeah. he can barely deliver uh, this uh, cobbled together monster. Yeah, exactly. And the monster is wonderfully. Who's the designer on this? The monster is, again, wonderfully ridiculous. Costuming is Roland Warren, mm-hmm. and the designer is Barry Newberry. So between the two of them, one of them designed the Morbius monster. But, you know, instead of instead of doing something that would have been unconvincing, i.e., you know, obviously the Morbius monster is played by Stuart Fell, you know, who's a little tiny man, mm-hmm. and he's obviously he's looking out. <laughs> he's doing the sea devil bit with a funny mask he's, on top of his he's head. He's wearing a hat. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. wearing a hat, and his hat is a brain in a jar. <laughs> um, but, you know, rather than kind of unconvincingly putting a monster, you know, doing the sea devil thing and putting a monster on, on the top of Stuart Fell's head... They just mm-hmm. put okay. It's it's still a brain in a jar. Right. <laughs> it's like Morbius goes from being a brain in a jar to being a brain in a jar, and he's uh, he's got a brain in a jar with like a big claw and some and some legs. It's perfect. It's it's hilarious all the way through, and also because it's so funny, it's also super creepy. Right. Because our heroes are placed in you know pretty horrible predicaments. Mm-hmm. Sarah is blind for a good proportion of the second episode part two or part three i can't remember yeah. yeah um they get gassed um with some evil gas drugged with some um, mickey and their wine yep someone's gonna chop someone's head off they've got no friends because the witches the the sisterhood are just as crazy and evil they want to set the doctor on fire there's no there's nowhere to turn our two friends the doctor and sarah are kind of stuck on this insane planet with these insane people it's like a kind of harry harrison style kind of death world um or i don't know you know norman spinrad kind of just nightmarish planet where everyone is nuts and everyone is out to get you and all you can do is just mm-hmm. try and survive until you can yeah. get the hell out mm-hmm. of there. And this is yeah. following so. along with the Time Lords meddling. We, I think you have, uh, ever since Pertwee, Pertwee's doctor got his time machine back, or as a reward for the time machine back, we've had these episodes now where the Time Lords are sending the doctor on a mission. Previously, we had, with Tom Baker's doctor, Genesis, and now we have Brain of Morbius. And so the uh, suspicion of the doctor at the beginning at that he's on Karn for a reason, and that's the deal with Morbius. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Morbius. Now Morbius. the modern day elephant in the room is the mind bending game, the psychic war or battle between Morbius and the Doctor with the uh, production <laughs> cast, the back office. Yeah being uh, various incarnations of a Time Lord. Now, I think up until uh, Series 12, it's been generally accepted that those uh, were Morbius, not the Doctor. But that's not what the current reading is. Yeah. You know, I literally don't care Mm -hmm. about this at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wish Chibnall didn't care about it as well. Um, <laughs> I think there is a sizable portion of fandom that would have liked this uh, this little bit of continuity to be just uh, swept over, yeah. continuing to be swept over. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Doctor Who sweeps over its continuity all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just look at Genesis of the Daleks, for instance. Right. So it's not a problem. 
I don't know why a particular style of fan, which I guess Chibnall is, you know, wants this to be, and I guess probably Moffat, Moffat as well, mm-hmm. you know, why this has to be such a big deal. It is, A, there's two things I think about that scene. Well, three things. One, it's super fun. Two, it's super interesting that the faces on the screen are the production team. That's mm-hmm. fascinating, and I like that. And also, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's super frightening, which is why it's super fun, you know, with the Morbius screams like, you know, back, back, Doctor, how long have you lived? That's, what a great cliffhanger. Right. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's an amazing mm-hmm. cliffhanger. Um, and then, you know, it's a perfect comeback on the beginning of the following episode, episode four, where, you know, the Doctor actually then wins because, as we pretty much observed you know the head that morbis's brain is using is a shit head um it blows a fuse and he becomes frankenstein's monster and goes goes flailing (laughs) it goes flailing all over the place and then everyone has to come with torches and drive him off a cliff it's it's perfect and to to like turn it into some kind of text I mean, this is what's so irritating about these certain kind of fans is that you have these amazing stories that are perfect in their own way and do exactly what they need to do to make them exciting and interesting and fun. And then they have to get weighed down with a whole bunch of like, the Doctor's only had four incarnations. It's like, just shut the hell up and, you know, just get on with it. Get on with telling mm-hmm. fun and interesting stories and stop like obsessing about a show that most people watching the current show have never seen. Right. Nobody cares. Right. And we have Bob Holmes ultimately to thank for this and the 13 regenerations. And I wonder if they're, if Holmes had a different game in mind that he was playing because when you add the eight past incarnations of the uh, production team doctor mm. and i'm going to name check them here because i have them right up on the page we have a uh, production unit manager george galaccio yeah um, bob holmes script editor sweet uh graham harper pa uh dougie camfield director dougie. uh philip hinchcliffe our producer uh christopher baker another pa robert bank stewart writer of uh zygons and Seeds of Doom and Christopher Barry, a director. It's 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 a funny choices. These are just the guys that were in the production office at the time that they were doing this, and having uh, eight and then four were now up on the twelve, and then you have that thirteenth regeneration limit uh, that Holmes introduces in Deadly Assassin, and I just wonder if he had. Uh, if he had a, a different story that he was building up to that just with uh, Hinchcliffe leaving, leaving, he never got to tell. Yeah, maybe. I think on my own view is that, you know, if you're going to have such a, a great line like back, back, doctor, how long have you lived? You mm-hmm. have to have a bunch of faces, which you're driving this individual back to when they were first born. You're killing them. Basically, you've got to have a bunch of faces to make that to be a cliffhanger and to make that phraseology work. Um, I, I, I don't agree. I think it was, it's just a way to make a great story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm what I'm upset about is they didn't have Bob Holmes with his pipe. <laughs> well, so, so there was never a pipe smoking doctor. Uh, didn't, uh, 
Hmm. I'll have to rewatch Talons. I thought that the doctor had a pipe, but maybe he didn't have a pipe in Talons. Oh, I don't think he had a pipe in Talons of Wang Chang, did he? Well, maybe he did have a pipe. He had, well, he had a hookah in uh, Deadly Assassin. That's true. He did have a hookah in, in Deadly Assassin. <laughs> he didn't, he, I don't, he didn't have a meerschaum pipe for, 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 mm, for, for Talons. No, I mean, not. I mean, they do go on about people smoking pipe of poppy and all that, and all that kind of vaguely yeah. racist stuff. Um, but I don't think he did. But anyway, yeah, no, so I, I, I don't think there was a plan here. I think it was just like, okay, how are we going to make this work, this scene? You know, we need a succession of faces. Mm-hmm. Um, we're obviously not going to pay any actors <laughs> to do it because equity would be on our asses. Um, so, okay, who's in the office? Dougie's here, you know, meeting up with Bob Stewart to talk about the next one. Okay, come on, come in. Yep. We'll just point the camera at you for a second. Right, okay, job done. Off you go. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. They are now canonical doctors. Yeah, yeah. You know, Graham's <laughs> here. Bob Holmes, Doctor yep. Who. Exactly. Yeah, Phil's here. Come on, let's let's um let's get this scene done. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So that's my theory. <laughs> well, smoking it is um was pretty prevalent. That that was one thing I re- I rewatched. I tried to watch uh, Brain and Morbius, and I wasn't able to get all the way through it. It just uh, really? it wasn't capturing my interest. I kept falling asleep during it. It just oh. wasn't clicking for me. But Seeds of Doom. Wow. So like so, hang on. So the Brain and Morbius is kind of your sensorites then. Do, do you go, always fall asleep in the Brain and Morbius? No, I find that I, hard to believe. No, I just this this time around, okay. I couldn't didn't do it for you. Couldn't right. get into it very much. Huh. I, I think I was coming down from a high on Pyramids of Mars. I just was blown away how fantastic that was, and I'm a sucker for location filming. Right, and true. W- that wasn't part of uh, Morbius, and like five minutes into it, when they just see that lightning bolt crackle across the sky that reveals the uh solon's castle yeah. there's a really weird edit in there and uh. it seems like something is uh, missed a little bit it, it's and the, the dialogue's still going but the movement isn't there and so there's just things that kind of i don't know it just the story i don't think has ever worked for me and it's probably we're getting into the era of Holmes and Hinchcliffe that there are fewer stories that I really adore, like the earlier, maybe Barry Letts influenced season of 12, the kind of the earlier commissions or even the later commissions when we have Leela. These stories are a little less uh, fondly remembered by me, hmm. I guess. Okay. So, yeah, it's well, just, this, it's this, this one is very, very fondly remembered by me. So too bad. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's, that's fine. perfect. Yeah. As is the next one, Seeds of Doom, which mm-hmm. is doubly fondly remembered by me. I love the Seeds of Doom. Mm-hmm. And the thing that struck me watching it again, there's two things that leapt out of me. Is okay. It's the the conventional wisdom is how distinctly separate parts one and two are yep. from the second half. Right. But it isn't quite the clean break as you think because. You have the World Ecology Bureau. You have Dunbar talking to Chase, sending the whole uh, Scorby and Keeler off to Antarctica. So you have that bits in it. So it is kind of woven together. It's not quite everything happens on Antarctica. And then in episodes three through six, everything happens in Dorchester. So that that's the, the it's a little more woven together than I remembered. And the mm-hmm. other bit was how much... Um, 
Amelia Ducar smoked. She's um, certainly very smoky, smoky old lady. Yeah, yep. Sylvia Coleridge. And I was just surprised by how much smoking there was on this the show with uh, um, Sylvia Sylvia Coleridge, Amelia's Ducat. Yeah, people. Yeah, it's, you know, people used to yeah, smoke a lot. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Did did people not smoke so much in American drama? You know, I I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't. I don't. don't I haven't recall. obsessively watched any American series as much <laughs> as I have Doctor. You Who. haven't obsessively watched like Heart to Heart or something, or um, or Magnum yeah. PI or anything that. Magnum well, PI. something from yeah. the seventies. Um, Kojak, maybe. I, you know, he's sucking out a lollipop because they wouldn't let him smoke. Yeah, I guess I'd be. I've been watching, rewatching, kind of James Bond a mm-hmm. little bit during the whole lockdown thing, and there's a lot of smoking oh, yeah. in James Bond in the sixties and seventies. I mean, smoking was fine. People used to like to smoke a lot, and then they yep. all died well, because it's not good for you. And sadly, I think that's why we lost Liz Sladen. Uh, to the coffin nails. Was she a smoker? Yes, she was. I didn't know that. Yep. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, dear. Yep, yep, well, yep. yeah. Mm. Anyways. Yeah, it's not good for you. Not good for you. Don't don't smoke, mm-hmm. kids. But uh, I was talking with my son Elliot about that, and he hasn't seen the Italian job, so he didn't know anything about uh, Tony Beckley and Camp Freddy. So I think we'll have to watch that coming up together. Here, the Tony. other great movie with Tony Beckley in it that I can recommend is mm-hmm. um, Get Carter. Oh, yeah, another Michael Caine. Yeah, where um, uh, Tony Beckley is. He's, he's only in it for like 10 minutes or something, but he's a, mm-hmm. he's a great... Uh, a great villain. Um, he's he's one of he's a hitman who's come up from the south to right. uh, take out Carter, and then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely a villain in Seeds of Doom. He's again probably about as obsessively insane as Solon is. He's definitely Solon. Yes. Yep. 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 Um, he's one of my top ten Doctor Who villains. He's amazing. And. Uh, I guess the third thing, if I had to pick a third thing that really struck me on, on this, is how different this is tonally. And this is not a new revelation, but just it really stands out in how different this is tonally to anything else that's gone before it. And just how the doctor gets around, the level of violence we have, uh, the doctor delivering, you know, a uh, a punch the chauffeur to knock him out while they're about to be driven off to a sand pit to be executed. And it's, you know, he's jumping through plate glass skylights. He's wielding a gun. There's just, it's, it's totally very, very different than even, even what we've seen earlier in the series. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, there is, you know, I mean, people have been taken to gravel pits to be, executed before i mean not literally but you know i mean we're used to a gravel pit right um as a site of violence um i mean i'm always struck by you know how everyone gets backwards and forwards to antarctica so quickly that's that's always a plus Mm -hmm. um that seems to me a little bit unrealistic but um (laughs) well antarctica is really just off the coast of england in yeah yeah in doctor who world yeah, it's, it's the Isle of Wight, basically. It's um, like the Thal and Khaled Silly. Exactly, just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 then, and then we're back again. I mean, I personally, I mean, I guess they put it, they did it, put it in, in Antarctica because it's the thing. should be in the North Pole instead. Just as mm. good. Just as good, Greenland. just as icy. Could you put it on Greenland and then it'd be a little more realistic. Um, I Again, I think, I think the tone would have been 
it greatly enhanced my same. I have the same complaint here as I had about um, that I had about the Android invasion. Is we get a cut price pound shot brigadier. Well, um, it's not even a brigadier. What he's uh, like a major Beresford. It's a major. He's a mate. It's it's ridiculous. What's the it's, hell? Right. Yeah. So that's no good. Um, we don't we don't have anyone proper from unit. It's just like mm-hmm. some. I rem- again, we want to do the thing where we're thinking about when we first saw this bloody Major Beresford and his Sergeant Henderson. <clears throat> Sergeant Henderson, what the hell? Right. It's yeah. I was bitterly disappointed. Well, um, I very so- much enjoyed this as a kid. I liked the violence. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very scary. Um, those kind of houses. I was used to those kind of houses, and you know, I knew what compost was because right. my dad had a compost heap. The idea of being digested and ground up. And thrown on the compass heat was very frightening. The kind of sadism of um, Scorby was very frightening. Mm-hmm. But it was let down by not having a proper unit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also also being attacked by plants. Um, I don't know how closely <laughs> you engaged with plants when you were a child. But certainly in 1975 or whenever this is. Yes. 75. Um, I'm yep. nine years old. Um, we had a big garden, a big yard. Uh-huh. As you would call it in America, we did, I did a lot of playing around plants and imagining that they could suddenly turn on me and strangle me, you know, obscene vegetable vegetable matter, like Mary Whitehouse said. Um, that was a very deliciously frightening concept. So, yeah, perfect. Well, in uh, Sergeant Henderson's sacrifice being put in the composter, that ultimately, I think, saved Benton because that probably would have been Benton. <laughs> if uh, if Courtney had survived, because then you would have had, instead of a Sergeant Henderson, uh, the doctor would have went back with Benton, and Benton would have been cold cocked by Harrison Chase and sent through the digester. That would be that would be a great ending for Benton. He doesn't he doesn't turn up again, does he, Sergeant Benton? Well, not yet, but you know, there's always series thirteen. That's uh, true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And this is uh, John Chalice before he became Boise. Yeah. About uh, four or five years before he became Boise in Only Fools and Horses. Were you a big fan of Only Fools and Horses? It never really got much play in the U.S., so I've only seen the bits and bobs on YouTube since. It was okay. mainly mainly just to see what John Chalice is up to because uh, the as as a viewer in Britain, you had a richer backstory with john chalice than i ever did with scorby yeah i mean he wasn't in he wasn't in um only fills and horses very much um he was like a secondary character but still i mean basically he's playing the same character you know he instead of being like a funny cockney gangster he was like a scary cockney gangster mm-hmm. um in in seeds mm-hmm. of doom so basically playing the same person i mean i prefer him in um seeds of doom because i just prefer seeds of doom to only fills and horses Mm-hmm. And you had uh, you hadn't seen Green Green Grass that that came on after you had come moved to the states, I think. What was what's what's Green Green Grass? That's the uh, Boise uh, standalone spinoff. There's a Boise standalone spinoff called Green Green Grass. The Green Green Grass, yeah, it was what from the hell? like uh, 2005 2009. What but what uh, Boise does something different. Well, I'm going to have to look this up now. (laughs) So it follows three characters from Fools and Horses, Boise, his wife, and their teenager son. And they decide to (laughs) move to escape the Driscoll brothers, and they decide to set up their life in rural Shropshire. 
You are joking. No, I'm not. Oh my god. <laughs> you missed this. That sounds like the worst. It went four series. Well, that doesn't mean it's any good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who wrote it? Is it the same writers? Uh, Hancock and Sullivan. Oh yeah, John Sullivan. Okay. Yep. Um, well, I'm very glad I missed that because that sounds <laughs> awful. So, Boise went on for his own spinoff. So that's uh, it's like Klinger in Mash doing his own spinoff, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that for would be the similar. American actually. audience. Yeah. Did 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 Klinger have his own spinoff from Mash? Yeah, yeah, he went. Uh, I can't remember. It was as a in a hospital in the stateside, and it wasn't very good. Yeah, it was after Mash, I think it was the spinoff. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I certainly, I'm glad I missed that. That's, I mean, I again, I mean, only feels always was was okay. Um, there's the famous falling through the bar scene, which everyone knows about, and then Trigger makes a face. Yep. Um, yep. I even know that. But otherwise, that's pretty much it for Only Fools and Horses. I did used to live in Peckham, though. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's only tangentially related to Doctor Who. Yeah. Delboy, etc. So, yeah, I I thought the crinoids were great. I'm sad the crinoids have never come back. They're such a great concept. Um, I think there's been at least one big finish with crinoids, with Nigel Mm -hmm. Planer as the villain. Um, yeah, the big finish with Crinoids is called Hot House. There's a um, there, there's, there's also there's a Morbius spinoff as well, mm. not spinoff a Morbius. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure they went leave it unturned. Called the Green Green Grass of Home or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Green Grass of Car. Yeah, the I don't know. Yeah, Morbius goes to operates a like a rag and bone stall in in Peckham or something. Who knows? We have only one chance. You must get me away from here before they arrive. I'm getting tired of the city, all the noise of the mess. I have to get out of this town! Why don't we run away to somewhere where the birds will sing? You must get me into it, Solomon! I want the green, green grass and the country house in a place where my face ain't known. I have worked night and day in your service, almost. When I brought you here, there was nothing! I'd build my own laboratory at ruins! We'll have somewhere to call out. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Fan favorite. A fan favorite. Um so yeah, I love the crinoids. Crinoids are great. Um I thought the you know, the getting taken over mm-hmm. by crinoids Mr. is fantastic. Keeler. Um <laughs> and um I as far as I can remember, I don't th- I think I I think for some reason I missed the second episode of Seeds of Doom. So I only ever got, I mean, so I got, I also got to see the whole thing later on, but when it on first transmission, so it's really, it's the, it's those four. So for me, there is, there's a very Mm -hmm. definite um, break um, because there was a definite break for me. Maybe we were on holiday or something. Um, So for me, you know, that kind of four episodes of them desperately trying to, I mean, you know, the, 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 the whole Keela, Keela, Keela crinoid and, you know, being trapped in a room and right. being fed meat <laughs> while you're turning into a vegetable. It's like, mm-hmm. that's, it's horrible. It's, it's frightening stuff. Really, really frightening stuff. Really, really creepy stuff, um, which makes it awesome. Which is added by Camfield filming at night, too. So yes. the scenes of Keeler's transformation are during night and that's when Sarah stumbles into the cottage and sees Keeler tied to the bed and Keeler's going, you want me to die. It's dark. It's, it's, it's dark film dark, but it's also just, it's dark material. Oh, it's super dark. 
Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, when um, Scorby gets eaten by vegetables. Right. Which I can actually remember going to, we used to swim in like ponds and things. Um, and we used to reenact that scene all the time. Me, me and my friends, oh, I'm being strangled. Ah! So, I mean, Mary Whitehouse was exactly right. It was altering our, our childish brains. And that's but for why, the good. <laughs> that's why the world is in such a mess right now. Oh, um, all thanks to Doctor Who in the 1970s. All thanks, all thanks to Doctor Who in the 1970s. I wonder if this is what the, this must have been, uh, what Boris Johnson was watching as a young person, because he's about our age. That's true. With Boris Johnson, I don't think Boris Johnson has the imagination or he was probably out, you know, fox hunting, murdering yes, a pheasant yeah. or shooting a pheasant or, you know, murdering a fox or something yeah. at that age. That sounds about yeah, right. I think he was far too, far too cool to be watching yeah. Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, it said, I, obviously, it, it's tonally different from regular Doctor Who. Mainly, I mean, you know, ostensibly the reason why we're doing this is Tom, we're talking yeah. about Tom Baker. You know, our heroes are different. They're more, as you pointed out, they're more kind of efficient and less whimsical and more right. focused and more willing to do things to get the job done rather than to come up with a clever way of getting out of doing something to get the job done. I mean, it's kind of instructive that, you know, that the way the first crinoid is destroyed is by blowing it up. Right. And then the way they finally get around to, oh, hang on, maybe we should drop a bomb on Fire it. Fire bomb, um, yep. Yeah, we'll just drop a bomb on it and, uh, and then it's dead because it's a plant. <laughs> so, there's, you know, the doctor doesn't, there's no cleverness here really he runs out of time effectively i mean the yeah the exactly. it's going to germinate it's going to he's s- out of he's out of fancy solutions at this he's point. he's out of fancy solutions he's out of time i guess you know he could have taken the giant robot route and kind of brewed up some kind of anti anti-plant weed killer or something and some tipped, kind of herbicide yep yeah can tip a bucket over it and then it would have gone ah i'm melting and just kind of like died right but I, it's actually a lot more exciting certainly when you're a nine-year-old like i was to have some um phantom jets turn up and drop a bomb on it instead mm-hmm. much prefer that yeah, and the stock footage of the jets work really well with that i think yeah no it's, i mean it's good at it doctor who as i think we we're pointing out when we're talking about the faceless ones you know the doctor who's has a has a patchy history with um with editing in fighter jets um here they do a really good job mm-hmm. yeah 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 well, it's pleasing to me to see proper fighter jets edited in rather than pretend ones and like you said i think tom really rises to this role i think he uh, relishes his uh, time as being the leading man the traditional leading man of action jumping through windows throwing punches you know dressing down bureaucrats yeah and i think i mean i think it's interesting i, mean, I think it's obvious you know that from the very beginning they knew they wouldn't get the regular unit team i mean kind of ordinarily mm. you know the brigadier would have had a telephone call from the world ecology bureau and they'd be i don't know dispatched in the lab yeah that you know and the doctor and sarah would be i don't know all that kind of stuff um but it's they have to handle it slightly mm. differently because they don't have access to their regular unit team i'm mm. assuming and I miss it. I, I really miss that. And it it seems that helps it and also makes it seem very different tonally than uh, just the Series 12 story or even the uh, the unit story to begin the season with Terror of the Zygons. You don't have that connection of the unit family at the beginning where the Brigadier is sending um, the Doctor to investigate this. Yeah, and it is very frustrating when you're a kid because obviously I had no understanding of shooting schedules and 
you know, Nick Courtney having to do Panto, whatever the hell he was doing. Um, you know, I was like, well, why, why don't they just have the Brigadier? I like the Brigadier. Right. And I like the Brigadier on this show. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, he was on the first one. Why is he not on this one? Do you think it would have been a better decision to just make this regular army? Just like with the Sea Devils, they had regular navy? Well, I mean, the Sea Devils made sense because, you know, it was a naval, it was a naval story. I, I, I you know, I mean, I, to me, there's no real difference between the unit and the regular army. It's the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of obvious that they don't have them for some reason. Well, it's not unit without the Brigadier, so it may as well have been in my thoughts. Yeah, it may as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, for Liz Layden, this is, I think, costuming-wise, this is my favorite costume. Of uh, she looks good in that with with running around Ethel Hampton Estate or whatever it is costume. Yeah, no, she looks right. She gets her own, I think, in in it, and she rescues the doctor a few times, and it is pretty traumatic. I think it, it, it's it's pretty. She she rescues the doctor. Um, early on from the digester and then she goes off wandering looking for Henderson who's already been composted and she, we don't we don't see the scene yeah. where uh, Beckley uh, Harrison Chase overpowers her but the next time we see her she's in the chute for the composter and the doctor runs in battles Chase to rescue her but Chase basically sets his own doom up because with tying up her arms, the doctor is able to get her out, but then she can't leap up and elbow the stop button because her hands are tied by Chase, and Chase is trying to drag the doctor in while the doctor's trying to pull him out of the composter, and and then you hear the whirring of the gears, and it's... Very nicely done. It's a, a fitting end. It's not the planet of the evil, how uh, the professor didn't get his just desserts he uh <laughs> harrison chase definitely gets his just desserts definitely gets his just desserts and and you know if he hadn't been such a sadist i.e put people feet first into his compost digestive rather than head first things that might turned out slightly differently for him so um serves him right for being a jerk yeah yeah he's yeah. just a jerk <laughs> can... yeah he's just He's a horrible. He's a horrible man, and you know, and he's a monomania. He's a he's a Bond villain. He's a Bond villain. You know, he's he's, yeah, he's a blowout. Definitely belt. is. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and and I I don't think there hasn't been a Bond villain who's you know wanting to harness the world of plants. But you know, there doesn't need to be because we have Harrison Chase and Doctor Who. You don't want to exactly tread on that. I mean, I think the nearest the James Bond world has got to Harrison Chase is um, Stromberg in I think 1977's Spy Who Loved Me, where he wanted to harness the world of the of the undersea world um, mm. rather than the world of plants. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 exactly. He's perfect. It's very good, very good. Um, he's a great villain. He's obviously nuts, um, as you point out, very much like Solon only wants one thing which apparently is for plants to take over the world um and again you know like the best kind of doctor who villain his villainy really makes no sense if you think about it because if plants take over the world then he's going to have to die as well because the plants will eat him too so uh, you know i i really do like the kind of doctor who villain who is doesn't really think through their plans properly like davros for instance doesn't really think through creating the daleks <laughs> So, uh, any thoughts on the overall season 13? It's a scorcher. It's a banger, as mm-hmm. the kids like to say. Yeah, isn't, I mean, apart from Android Invasion, which is, you know, it's got some very enjoyable bits in it. 
right. there isn't a single duff story. Yeah. You have a personal favorite from this season? Hmm. I think it'd have to be Pyramids, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I think a so. wonder, wonderful bit of drama. Yep. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, but they've, they've all got their own, they've all got their own pluses to them. Um, but um, yeah, it's going to have, it would have to be Pyramids. Excellent choice. Yeah. yeah. How, about, how about you? I, it's either a toss-up between pyramids or terror of the Zygons. Uh, the hairy factor and the the full last hurrah of the unit family might tip it towards Zygons for me. Yeah, Zygons is more perfectly formed, and you know the ending is very satisfying. Um, you know, well, the unlike... ending in Pyramids of Mars is very satisfying too. I think it is satisfying. Yes, though it's slightly less. It's more kind of um, seems more kind of ad hoc possibly than 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 Zygons. Mm-hmm. What I like about Zygons is it looks as though like we've lost um, and then we've won, which right. I guess is is also true of pyramids. It looks right. like we've lost and then then we've won. That's always a a very nice way to end something. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all in all, very strong strong season and very strong uh, season. Yeah, very very strong season. Overall, I think very rewatchable. I I tend to gravitate towards. Uh, it, like even in Seas of Doom, the earlier part of the story, and just like I would gravitate to the earlier part of the uh, season. So I, I tend to watch the first three, uh, Zygons, Planet of Evil, and Pyramids of Mars, more often than I watch the, uh, right. the, second, the second half, Android's Brain and uh, Seas of Doom. Right, right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's, that's about all I have. Good. That's all I have too. Yeah, I've seen Vegetable Matter. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 164 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been running around Harrison Chase's estate trying to escape the crinoid with Ben. And I have been placing my brain in a jar with David. Excellent. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.